Stocks closed mostly higher today off the news from wholesale prices. We actually saw wholesale prices go up more than expected, but much less than what we saw last month. So the markets rallied a bit. We saw Treasury yields drop a little bit today, especially after that one o'clock 10-year Treasury auction. But what's going to happen tomorrow? We got the big CPI number, and then earnings season kicks off on Friday. But our guest today is very optimistic. He actually thinks we're going to have a big-time fourth-quarter rally. Welcome, everyone, to Buy, Hold, Sell. I am your trader, Todd Schoenberger, and I am joined by my friend and co-host, Tobin Smith, out in sunny, and it looks like it's very hot out there, Toby. Warm. In it's warm. Arizona. Okay, sunny and warm today. You forgot to send me the forecast. But with us today, we have Reese Williams. He is the chief strategist from Spouting Rock Asset Management, located in Bryn Mawr, Pennsylvania. Reese is coming to us from Miami, Florida, though. Where we know it's nice and hot. Reese, it's hot and it's humid, Todd. Remember that. Yes, 95 degrees with 2% humidity feels like 85, okay? There, 95 your, with 100% humidity feels like 125, all right? So just let's get that through. There's your weather report right there, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen. Well, Reese, welcome back to the program. We are so delayed to have you. Last time you were on Buy, Hold, Sell, you were very optimistic about the markets. Talking to you now, off air, it sounds like you're even more optimistic about the fourth quarter. So what do you have to say about it? Well, considering what happened in September, you had a you know had a real market, not a crash, but you had a real market uh, fall. And, and that was really just driven by interest rates going up so much. And if, if interest rates hadn't have rallied so much based on a little bit of Fed speak or maybe too much Fed speak, you know, I think I think the, the September quarter swoon wouldn't have been so bad. But given that entry point now as we enter the fourth quarter it's typically a seasonally stronger stronger period um i also noticed that i think it was oppenheimer did a very interesting graph on the third year of a presidential cycle uh that the fourth quarter virtually always rallies since 1980 i guess 1983 was the first year yeah. um, that didn't happen but anyway my, my point being and that's obviously republican presidents democratic presidents good economies bad economies um and so i think a, a, a lot of things are are developing and certainly the the action in the market in the first week or so of October is positive. We had a, a lot of sort of bad news that we've sort of shrugged off. Um, so I think that's encouraging. And that plus also the hedge funds are very, very yeah. net, <laughs> net short, but have limited net long. So I think there's a lot of buying capacity if things start to move up. Now, you're yeah. right about that. Well, we had Sam Stovall on the show and he actually said that going back, I think it was 50 years. If you go back when the fourth quarter of a pre-election year, we actually saw stocks rally an average of 5.7%. So, and it was 100% accurate. It was incredible. However, now we have, we have what, two wars going on. We have a lot of uh, saber rattling with China and Taiwan right now. You have a, a U.S. economy where the consumer is, well, I don't know, they keep spending, but we keep getting words, uh, word and messages that, the consumer is uh, becoming quite strapped right now, especially since they can't access credit. So it makes you wonder what is going to happen for the rest of the year. But Toby, what do you think? I mean, you're you were kind of optimistic. You're back and forth, you know, saying, hey, look, you know what? I think this could be a good thing, but maybe uh, we have to look at the headwinds. Well, I, I won't bore you with my macro uh, numbers because, you know, I have a very limited skill set, but math is, is one of those skill sets. And when you look at 76% of discretionary spending in the top 20% of households by income, that's where the margin is. Yes, the people who bought the $75,000 F-150s with 14% interest rates are puking them up right now. Matter of fact, 
you can't hire enough repo people, according to my friends in the auto business, right? But that is not our economy. At the our economy, at the at the service level, remember we're seventy six percent service, and then at discretionary spending, which is at the margin, is the top twenty percent of households in America, and and we're and we're kicking butt. At the bottom level, uh, we have you know as you say, we got ninety six million people getting a monthly pension plan, so on and so forth. So it's going to get softer. But the other issue is there's sixty three counties out of three hundred and three excuse me three thousand three hundred counties in the United States that account for 75% of the GDP, okay? So don't send me the hate mail if you don't live in one of those counties, because if you add the next 15 counties, it counts for 81% of the GDP. So if you're gonna do the math, what counts is those 82 counties. And some of those other counties could go to zero and we would still not have a recession. But that's the narrative, you know, that, that I, you know, people who don't do math. I would say this, Todd, the other thing is, what I love is there's now like five different narratives in the stock market, right? We obviously we got that magnificent seven. If you add the next five, that means we have seven hundred and eighty-two billion dollars of cash sitting on balance sheets that are getting like five percent. So they're gonna boost in their earnings. I'm you know you know this simply from the freaking monthly or daily dividends they're getting out of their corporate you know money market fund, right? So so even if the dollar was up, it's being offset by those things. The, the second one I love though, well, I don't know if I love it, is the Ozempic catastrophe. Oh. <laughs> Who who knew yeah. that if you now full disclosure, I've been an investor in them a long time. I've been a user of Ozempic. I, I freaking love it. I think it's fantastic. But, they look great. Yeah, but just let me say, there's no question. If you're out to dinner with somebody or you're, somebody's over your house or whatever, and they say, you know, Reese, I eat like half what I used to. Just follow up and say, so how long have you been on the vitamin O? Uh, <laughs> and when Walmart came out. And, and the, the CFO says, you know, it's shocking, but we're selling a lot less shitty food than we used to. And we're and, and Pepsi comes out and, and, and then it goes down the line, the list of people who sell crappy food. Um, the, the actual sales are in some companies have been crushed yeah. by and, and that's only about 27, 28 million people on Ozempic in the United States. Yeah, you get to a, a, a fifty, a seventy million dollar. Excuse me, people. The country will be broke because it costs a thousand dollars a month to somebody. Yeah, and cor the corporations are now coming out and saying, "Oh, by the way, our health insurance premiums are up fourteen yeah. percent." So th there's some very strong narratives. We have you know five subsectors that we have been making a, a crap ton of money. Reese, that's a scientific term, and you know we're up twenty eight percent, actually thirty two percent. I'm looking at the number right now. Good. And that includes dividends, because Reese, I'm with you on dividends. When when the world's got 25 cross currents all going at the same time, yeah, we have we have tankers that are 100% sold out for the next two years that are paying us 25% dividends. I'll take that all day long and just reinvest the dividends, and, and that's yeah. how we're making money. That's good stuff. Well, Reese, you're you've managed a couple of portfolios over at Spouting Rock, and and what are you telling your clients these days? I mean, it sounds like you're optimistic, but I mean, is it you're looking at a 60-40 portfolio balance, or are you thinking something a little bit heavier on the equity side? I think from right here, 60-40 makes a lot of sense because I'm pretty optimistic that bonds are going to be your friend, or at least not your enemy, like it like they were in September. Yeah. Um, and and certainly, I think the, the risk isn't that the economy accelerates in 2024. The risk is, you know, frankly, it decelerates enough that yeah. you have some sort of mild recession. So I think I think having at least some bonds is is interesting. I think... Uh, if you want to be contrarian to the stock market, some of the bond proxy stocks have been slaughtered. I mean, REITs, look at even the non-office 
uh, REITs that have pretty good underlying fundamentals like industrials and and you know, towers and and um, and apartments. I mean, those How about utilities, cool. Reese? How about utilities? The widows yeah, and the, orphans got to be just like storming Merrill Lynch right now. I mean, Next Energy was that was taking your breath away. But it's the, I mean, getting back to your Ozempic comments, the market has gone. It's like candle pin bowling every day. I mean, look what's happened to the uh, some of these healthcare stocks that even have some tangential relationship with with uh, with with your uh, vitamin O. I yeah, mean, it is. It is you can amazing. use that, by the way. Use it at the office, okay? They'll let you. I I I I got that you know tucked away there, but, but right. no seriously, I mean it's it's amazing how I mean Baxter down seven percent. I right. mean it's just been um, uh, Dexcom, one of the great you know companies, and and really it treats more type one diabetes, which yeah. isn't really impacted by 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 weight loss. So you know that stock's down from like one twenty to seventy in 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 since since Wagovi and and, and Azempic became household names. Anyway, just an example. There's. I mean, it just it's it's they're they're just falling knives right now. I'm not saying you go out and buy a bunch of them today, but you should definitely have some on your screen because I mean the valuations now are pretty compelling. And in my view, the healthcare, I mean, healthcare utilization was actually you know pretty good in the third quarter. I think the earnings reports are going to be fine. You know, just as by the way, Constellation Brands and Pepsi Cola had pretty good things to say. Um, people still like to drink beer and they like to eat potato chips. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I, I'll add I'll add one more to the pile there. So I was a big fan of Inspire. Inspire is a company when the you know you have to wear a mask as you snore or you have uh, whatever that thing is. They the the manufacturer had serious problems and they had to recall all these masks. So Inspire in, in put something out. I have a ENT friend who makes a very nice living putting these in for uh, uh, forty two thousand dollars per patient. By the way, um, wow. And all of a sudden you don't have to wear the mask. All of a sudden you're not, you know, doing this horrible snoring and all that stuff. That stuck down 40%. Um, and the idea is there's less people, you know, at the margin that are going to be using Inspire and or uh, reimbursement's going to go down. That's another vitamin O, uh, uh, you know, uh, victim that I, that one I never, I never saw coming. Yeah. Well, I, I think I think yeah. it's funny on the on the Walmart thing that the they're going to blame a drug for the fact that people aren't eating as many Doritos. I mean, I you know maybe it's the fact that a, a bag of Doritos costs five fifty right now. It's actually uh, it wasn't like it used to be years ago, but that's, that's no, no. Place. The issue, Todd. The issue, Todd, is is they measure the shopping cart and the shopping cart sales per shopping cart are down about six and a half percent. And then if you go where that six and a half percent is, most of it's in the junk food because if you're only eating half the amount of Doritos that you used to eat. You just you're not replacing them, you know, as much as some people appear to be eating them weekly or getting new bags weekly. But it's the shopping cart size. Uh, now I'm waiting for the one where people are losing weight and then the clothing stores are doing better because people are you know running out to get uh, new clothes. <laughs> there you go. That's a that's a great idea. Who knows? Well, listen, let's leave it on this block right now, because coming up after the break, we want to talk to Reese a little bit more about the upcoming earnings season, which kicks off on Friday with uh, with the big financials with Citigroup. We have Wells Fargo and JP Morgan. And I want to get his insights on that and also maybe some sectors to actually look at and maybe others to stay away from. But we're with, with today. We're with Reese Williams. He is the chief strategist at Spouting Rock Asset Management. And we'll be right back after the break. Please stay with us. Buy, hold, sell, brought to you by Crosscheck Management. 
On any given day in Washington, policy proposals are created, debated, and decimated by tens of thousands of people and organizations working behind the scenes. On 80 Proof Politics, a guest and I will visit a D.C. watering hole and distill the art of advocacy by pulling back the curtain a bit and taking a look at how they play their part in the sausage factory we call our federal government. So if you're at all interested in how the sausage is made, pull up a chair, grab a drink, and join us. After all, what goes better with sausage than a tall, cold one? Does beer taste better in the country? We asked a duck and a small deer, but they ran away before we could finish the question. So we're asking you by inviting you to the Georgetown Craft Beer Festival. Amidst rolling hills, you'll be free to experience flavorful creations from over 30 brewmasters. Join us September 17th and tell us if you agree that beer tastes better in the country because squirrels can't talk. Learn more at headforthehills.ca. Did you know virtually all vessels traveling in the U.S. have to be American-built, owned, and crewed? That's thanks to the Jones Act, which is the bedrock of the American maritime industry. On the American Maritime Podcast, we cover the topics that matter most to the 650,000 men and women of American maritime, while also being accessible for the average listener to learn about this industry. Every episode features a new guest, including congressional leaders, senior military officials, leading policy analysts, and other experts. Come aboard and listen wherever you get your podcasts or watch on the American Maritime Partnership's YouTube channel. This is Jessica from Jay Walker Salon Group, and you're watching Tobin and Todd from Buy, Hold, Sell. Welcome back to Buy, Hold, Sell. Stocks were up mostly across the board today, but really everybody is anticipating the big inflation number that's coming out tomorrow. The Consumer Price Index will be released at 8.30 a.m. New York time, and all eyes are expecting a 0.3% increase, which is much better than what we saw one year ago, which was up 3.6%. So as uh, so we'll see, uh, it's definitely a market improvement for inflation and obviously with uh, with the Fed uh, tightening and, and hiking rates. Which leads us actually into earnings season, which kicks off on Friday with three big financial firms. You have Citigroup, Wells Fargo, and you have uh, JP Morgan all releasing earnings. But I have to tell you, Reese, I'm not so sure. I'm not optimistic on the financial sector. I don't know how you feel, but with those higher interest rates, that means a lot more money being paid for deposits. But what do you think? Yeah, I think the net interest margins are in general not going to be very good. Um, I think everybody's figured out that banks get disintermediated faster. And then you think about what do banks really lend money for? They lend money for commercial real estate projects. And because interest rates have gone up so much, they don't pencil out anymore. So I, I I think they got hurt in two ways. So, you know, we're not super optimistic about bank earnings. Well, I'm Todd, I'm going to be very interested to see, because, you know, the Fed did such a good job in, in managing Silicon Valley bank risk that I'm really interested to see when Citibank, even Jamie the God, JP Morgan, when they show how many hundreds of billions of dollars they're underwater on their portfolios that they didn't 
hedged because God knows why. And because they're a too big to fail bank, they somehow get this, you know, leniency that, yeah, you can be upside, I think it's at JP Morgan, $805 billion on your bond portfolio, and you don't have to mark that to market. If you yeah. had to mark to market, which in the old days, let me tell you, in the old days, that's what we had to do. They would they would be, uh, I believe the, uh, the correct term is shit out of luck here. And Citibank yeah. is horrific. They've been horrific for two years. I, I, so I, I don't, I, I'm with you there. I, I, I'm actually yeah. short Citibank bank and a couple other banks just with options because they're driving me nuts well they've been they've been really focused actually over the over the last decade on consumer credit and with higher rates right now people are tapped out they just can't access credit that's always been the the one issue it's been their achilles heel and for some reason they've stuck with that game plan but i think they're going to be out of the three they yeah. may be uh, the the biggest disappointment on friday but we'll see but uh but reese what about tech earnings you have tesla coming out on the 18th uh the week after that we have apple we have Microsoft. We just got a breaking news report today while we're on the air that the IRS has now given a bill to Microsoft saying they owe another $29 billion in taxes. I mean, <laughs> that'll ruin your day. But <laughs> oops, oops. I'm wrong zero. I thought it was $280 million. I... Right. Yeah, yeah, I know. Somebody put the decimal point. Yeah, even for Microsoft, area. twenty-nine billion is not chump change. Yeah, yeah, that, right. Yeah, that's right. But what's what's your take on the overall earnings season? Because this quarter and people we've had on have actually been, uh, for the most part, optimistic, thinking we're going to hit that ten percent earnings growth for the quarter. Are you in the same boat with uh with a lot of the bulls that are out there? Well, to your point, I mean, big tech is what forty percent of the market, and yeah. and so if as if they're okay then the market will be, the S&P earnings will be okay. Uh, and I anticipate by and large, they they should be okay. More on the cost side, I'm not looking for big revenue surprises from big tech, but I think they've been managing very conservatively. Plus they're getting the benefit of the higher interest rates on their cash balances, et cetera, buying back some stock. So I, I expect it will be at least in line, maybe slightly better for most of big tech. Todd, I don't think it's surprising that, and Reese knows this, when, when I you know, I ran a mutual fund, it was not like a hedge fund. I couldn't be in cash in my mutual funds. And so when you've like crawled up in a ball in the corner, sucking your thumb because the world is going to caca, uh, and, or other companies, you see all these various risk factors, I would be buying the now the significant uh, Magnificent 10 simply because that was the safe harbor. I mean, the idea that utilities used to, you know, you used to what, you go to the play book in the old days all right buy some utilities when rates are going up and, uh, really they're the only guys on ship the the market is hanging on these 10 because i include salesforce and i include a couple other ones in that you know magnificent 10 or terrific 10 i call them now that if, if there's some you know chinks in that armor then we're going to have problems but the fact of the matter is again just doing like simple math there's there's really no chinks in the armor when you're getting that much cash flow out of your out of your cash and also they're you know, subscription-based. It's not like they have to go like and sell another 20 new things today. That's the best business model in the history of the planet, which always drives me crazy when we compare the 1960s and 70s to, you know, this decade. There were no subscription software business, for Christ's sake. IBM was like, it wasn't even a subscription. And now we've got, We've got 45 or 55 percent of how you do it of the entire S&P 500 on a subscription base, zero incremental cost for new sale business model. You just can't compare the business models. And that's why I think, you know, that these guys are the safe harbor and they're going to continue. Well, And oh, by the way, everybody thinks that like NVIDIA is selling at 125, you know, market cap or excuse me, price multiple. That's bullshit. 
If you take the actual earn it and you go forward, the forward that's selling for a 24 PE. I just did the did the math today. So you know to say that that the you know the magnificent seven are just wildly overvalued. They're at a little premium to the uh, the S and P. But if you take Nvidia out, they're you know four five percent more than S and P, and they're and they're locked in growth. So that's yeah. why I'm bullish. I'm okay, getting back like to your point on Nifty, on Nifty Fifty back in 72, 73, Those stocks sold at 60, 70, 80 PEs and had fifteen percent earnings. Bruce, I Jerry Side, the enterprise fund a manager who in 1969 was up 125 percent. I know that because I was at a at a family gathering and he was a guest there and he showed me he pulled a check out and he said it was a check for I trust me 125,918 or 918. That was first off the biggest check I'd ever seen in my life. Number two, I said Jerry, what did you do? Do you do? Did you sell your businesses? No, I, I run the enterprise fund and this was my bonus. And two years later or three years later, I was the finance major in college. This. I like this, uh, you know, and he was the first one to tell you that he was just riding the wave. And there was such a limited number of companies that were on that wave that, you know, better than anybody. They're going to buy, they didn't even, you know, hedge funds would buy, but we didn't even have algorithmic traders back then. These are actually human beings who had to go, you know, buy more, buy more, buy more, because if I don't buy that stuff, I'm going to get crushed on my return for the year, which means I'm going to lose money. I'm going to lose money to man. And I, I think we're in that, that stream to your point. Mm-hmm. We're in the nifty yeah. 10. And nifty if you 10. don't have those in your portfolio, you by definition are, you know, trailing S&P 500 and a chimpanzee can, you know, can beat the, the, the S&P 500 if you just have stay more strongly in those until it pops. Um, yeah. Well, the nifty 10, what was it called? The sexy 10. I like that. That's how we're going to coin it here at Biohost. Terrific so. 10. Terrific <laughs> 10. I got that <laughs> There you go. So Reese, let's talk a little bit about the energy sector. We had a run up in oil and now today we did see West Texas Intermediate drop a little bit, mainly a lot of action over the past couple of trading days as a result of the war in Israel. But uh, but and then we had a big merger today, Exxon, sixty billion dollars to um over Pioneer, to buy Pioneer in an all stock deal. That's incredible, guys. I mean, think about it. If you guys remember the R.J. Reynolds Nabisco merger, that was twenty billion. That was such a big deal. This is sixty billion dollars, and they're uh, they're clearly the um, the kings of the uh, they're they're obviously cornering the market uh, in that area of Texas and New Mexico. But what's your take on the oil sector right now, Reese? We had Fernando Valley on at Bloomberg, and he actually has an eighty dollars price target on West Texas Texas Intermediate by the year end. But what do you think for that sector? Well, I think having some exposure to energy makes a ton of sense, and I think the the Exxon merger was basically uh, Scott Sheffield who was the yeah. CEO. You know, he want he wanted Exxon paper because yeah, he, he I think he could have gotten more than than that than that amount of uh, of money if he really had wanted to do a sale. But he decided that you know over the long term Exxon would be a good steward of his capital, and I think yeah. that's really that was really it more than anything because he's he's retiring. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I think that's an encourage encouraging merger and i mean pioneer is only sort of back to where it was in august it's not it was not a big premium right. um yeah. at all so so I, I think i think the, the market reaction was just kind of arbitrage driven uh driving exxon down but i think people over time will look at this merger more favorably yeah okay. you know uh reese I, i'm curious i mean again since we're talking about the good old days i believe 
when they bought mobile, they paid eleven dollars a barrel for their existing. And um, well, I think the price of oil was eleven when when they did that acquisition. Yes, yeah, ninety nine, yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so um, that was probably the greatest thing, and that was only like forty billion dollars, and that was like you know when forty billion dollars really meant something. They're going to roll this up. My, you know, I, I my wife's a petroleum geologist. For God's sake, I have all these crazy petroleum geologist friends who all work for you know mid-sized to majors, and they're just talking about how five years ago, six years ago, it was drill MF for drill. You got to we get more as soon as we get a dollar in, we're putting a dollar into the fracking, etc. And they would say, hey, wait a minute, you know, the depletion ratio on these fracking wells is a lot faster than those old wells you old people used to drill. And I say, do it. And then, you know, 2014, 2015, oops. So that has left an indelible impression, uh, Todd, on on management now. And, you know, I, I love the idea of people saying, well, it's it's not an ESG thing. If they didn't buy that, then Chevron was going to buy it. Somebody else is going to buy it. It's yeah. their great assets. Um, they'll get all sorts of efficiencies. And the entire industry is rolling up because guess what? The money managers want them to A, buy back stock, B, pay high dividends, and see, not waste our freaking money again. And yeah. and and they got the message finally. Yeah, and the, the single largest shareholder of Exxon stock is the teachers union in this country. Mm-hmm. So when you start, so everybody starts complaining, just think of the fifth grade teacher in Topeka, Kansas, driving around in a Honda is also an investor in that company. So you definitely want to applaud them. So oh, I'm sure great. they're all aware of that, Todd. I'm sure they're all aware of that. <laughs> There you go. So, Reese, so the, finally, though, we'll close out the show, but I have to ask you, what are you telling your clients now? Because I know you manage a couple of portfolios. Do you have any particular companies that you're focused sectors, on? Sectors, companies, you, help us. Sectors, something. You know, we want to give the audience yeah. as we go into the, the end of the year. So I think we talked about big tech. I'd be overweight big tech. I totally agree with you guys there. Either it goes up because there's the fourth quarter rally, I expect, or they outperform if if we're right. all wrong and the market goes down. Win-win. So I think that. That I think either way, it's that they're going to be a successful investment. Um, I, I'm sort of intrigued by some of these beaten up REITs because I'm also fairly optimistic that the bond yields are close to a peak and people really hate them. Um, and to your point, utilities have become a dirty word, I guess, because they have solar energy exposure, some of them. And I mean, I still, you know, what happened to Next Energy takes my breath away. So, oh, no um, so, Florida, so some of the, Florida Light and Power. Let's go back to the old days, right? Yeah, FPNL. I mean, yeah, it's amazing. Um, so, so my, I guess my point is that 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 reads at least if it's an underlying asset, it, there's going to be a lot fewer projects penciling out with this current interest rate structure. So, I think that supply uh, 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 that you're you're seeing right now is going to be diminishing as we go into 2024 and 2025. And these stocks have been slaughtered the last two years. So I and they have div- good dividends to your point. So I, I think that that would be sort of my contrarian play. And then, like I said, I, th- I think you should have a list of healthcare stocks, uh, maybe the 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 anti azempic stocks because that they've been so slaughtered that it's t- it's too early to buy because every time there's a new yeah. press release about a study, they go down five percent. But you, you should have that on on uh, on your list because I do think at some point these things are so oversold and utilizations up. People are getting their knees replaced. They're getting their backs done. They're getting lots of things are being are, are happening. And these stocks are just uh, dog do right now. Yeah. Okay. That's an I excellent like term, by the way. I, I thought I'll only add that the AI picks and shovels stocks that we own, many are um, SMCI has been a big winner for us. They're the ones who build the, the data. You know, essentially you call them and you say, uh, I need 
25 new data centers with 652 NVIDIA chips. Great. You want those tomorrow? I just drove through Fremont. I was visiting the company. If you go up the freeway from San Jose up to every damn building on that freeway, it says SMCI on it. I mean, it is truly amazing. But the AI spending uh, has not peaked. We had the mania. We sold them uh, and we... You know, we're patient and bought them back. There's two things. One is AMD now has a, you know, a GPU that's going to be coming out that is that looks just as good and has a great software connection to the NVIDIA CUDA software, right? There's other ways to play that. That that play is not going away. Every CEO I talk to, you know, like Reese does, anybody else is, uh, what are you doing for, what are you doing for AI? And they says, well, I don't know exactly, no, but I hired 12 people to tell me what I should be doing. And I know we're spending a shit ton of money. Um, to, to get there because I don't want to be the, you know, the person who gets fired because I got outflanked uh, on yeah. AI and the productivity. I mean, one of our portfolio companies that I can't speak about because it's like under $500 million. They just did a deal for their AI uh, in logistics that cut uh, the largest logistics company in the world, cut their labor costs 30%. So CBS just uh, put $25 million into outfitting just 10 of their 52 distribution sites because you can't compete if the biggest guy in the world has 30 percent lower labor costs a b labor costs are your highest part of logistics c logistics is nine percent of the american gdp then d you better freaking figure out what those guys are doing and do it do it as well that is not a trend that is a sea change my company is called transformity research we look at s curve you know uh, transformations and we look at essentially the inflections well, the inflection has happened, um, and you can buy the picks and shovels at reasonable prices. I, I added Nvidia today, um, and but AMD we're very strong on, and TS, uh, uh, you know, semi semiconductor because you can't afford not to do it. And then Symbiotic, uh, we just yeah. added a couple of weeks ago because of the robotics, because of this logistics deal. There is money to be made. There's money to be made in uranium for crying out loud. There's yeah. money. I'm just looking at our list here. If you don't have six yeah. percent of your portfolio in the make and the and the non-treacherous ten, then you're going to you're going to be behind the market. And that's why the seasonality works because we get down to the end of October, at least in the mutual yeah. fund world, you got to like settle up, right? And you're you know so by by October 31st, if I don't own all those stocks on my print on November 15th, I'm going to say, well, no wonder he's a, a schmuck. He didn't have any of the right stocks. Yeah. And then I can and I can do the tax loss selling to minimize taxes. So I mean, Reese knows this, but you got to do a lot of work. October goes up because money managers, particularly of big funds and big mutual funds, it's a pain in the ass. You're, yeah, you're, you're switching stocks out to get you know tax benefits, and and then you get to November, and the stuff that you sold, if you had to trim, you want you want to buy back if you liked it. Blah blah blah. So, yeah, yeah, that's good. That's good. I like it. I like it. Well, we're going to close it out on that. Let's, right, close out, let's, let's close out. Let's close out. Did you have one final word there? I just want. I just wanted to agree that I think the biggest area for beat and raise in tech is AI, and I yeah. so I, I I agree that story is not over. Even though no. even though it's not cheap, it's not over. Yeah. Oh, I agree with that. It's definitely not over. There's a lot. Hey, Todd, invite Reese back. He's a smart dude. Okay, Reese is great. Reese Reese always he says it all. He doesn't leave anything out there, and the audience loves him as well. So that's uh, that's a win win as far as I'm concerned. So let's close out the show there. So Reese Williams, thank you so much for joining us today. He is the thank chief strategist over at Spouting Rock Asset Management. Go to Spouting. 
johnnyrock.com for more information. And uh, and he's the headquartered right there in Bryn Mawr, Pennsylvania, which is the hotbed of Pennsylvania lacrosse, Toby. I just want to point that out. Kind oh, my Lord. Out there. Uh, this, you know, we've done like 138 of these shows. He has worked the word lacrosse into every one of the damn shows. I, I don't know. Hey, he's it's a Baltimore guy. Olympics. What can you say? I know. He's Baltimore. He's Baltimore. I know. And I, and I love lacrosse, by the way. You know, it's, it's just that I have a real life. All right. <laughs> That's awesome. So, Reese, thanks again for joining us today on, on Buy, Hold, So, And I definitely want to have you back and uh, and definitely uh, sometime soon, especially uh, during this fourth quarter period. That'd be great. So, so on behalf thanks of Reese Williams and Tobin Smith, I am Todd Schoenberger. Thank you once again for joining us on Buy, Hold, So. We, to, for uh, tomorrow's show, keep it here. We got Christina Hooper. She is the chief market strategist, chief equity strategist over at Invesco, will be joining us as our feature guest. So you definitely want to check out Buy, Hold, Sell tomorrow for that. So thanks again for joining us, and we'll catch you next time. Take care. Buy, Hold, Sell, brought to you by Crosscheck Management. Hi, my name is Sarah, and I want to tell you about my podcast called Can I offer you some feedback? I'm a business consultant and executive coach with over 20 years experience in change management, leadership development, and naturally providing feedback to high performers. My podcast is for those of you who have a complicated relationship with feedback, whether giving, receiving, avoiding, or seeking. Feedback is essential for our development. In each episode, you'll hear from real people across industries with their ideas, perspectives, and best practices on feedback. I'll also be sharing business bites with you, simple explanations of organizational tools, management techniques, and leadership philosophies that will help you and your businesses thrive. You can listen to Can I Offer You Some Feedback on your favorite podcast app or learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com.